0: Guys and girls cannot be close besties. Guys and girls cannot be best friends. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast, episode 182. Thanks for listening wherever you're coming from. I'm grateful to have this platform. And I'm just talking. I don't have any notes in front of me. I'm just going to answer your questions, which you could email me, Granger at, excuse me, Grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. I've got a lot of emails. Grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Ask me anything. And, you know, it's funny because I listened back on some of the Insta- Instagram and TikTok clips that we have from this podcast. And I think to myself, I'm right with these answers like 65% of the time. <laughs> That's what I think, because I'm, I'm just making this up as I go. And if it's biblically based, it's going to be right. But if it's opinion based, and uh, I think I'm right, in my opinion, about 65% of the time. So Uh, For what it's worth, when I listen back on TikTok or Instagram or wherever my clips are played, I might be thinking the same thing you're thinking, that he's not totally right about this. Let's get to the first question, and we'll see if I could be a little bit more right than I was in the past. Uh, First question, I haven't read these. I'm not prompted. I have no idea what I'm getting into. I read them the first time you hear them is the first time I'm hearing it too. The subject line on this one says... She doesn't want to get married. Hey Granger, I'm looking for some advice. I feel like I don't have anyone that's really close to me that will give me an honest answer. So hopefully you could help me out. My fiance and I have been together for seven years and engaged for four years. I've been married twice and she's been married once. Both of us have had bad luck in the past and have been treated horribly. Without getting into the details, I'll keep it simple. I've been going to church and growing my faith. I take her adopted niece and my daughter to church on a regular basis. She usually, 95%, doesn't go with us. I obviously want to marry her since I asked her, but she doesn't want to get married anymore. She doesn't want anything to change. She's very happy where we are, but isn't into having a piece of paper making our relationship legal. How do I move forward here? I'm really concerned as I am happy with where we are and I don't want to push anything on her. Granger, please help sincerely, Nate Smith. All right, cool, good, good way to start the podcast and um, Nate, I would ask you if we were if I like to answer these questions as if we're just riding in the truck together. you know, we're on a road trip together, we're heading somewhere and you say, hey Granger, Got some got some some questions I want to ask you, man. Do you have any advice for me? You know, got the got the windows down, radio up a little bit, and I turn the radio down a couple couple notches, and I say, Yeah, Nate, what what's up, man? Hey, mate, you could be my cousin. You're Nate Smith. And you say, Yeah, it's about this girl, my fiance. I want to marry her. At this point, I look at you, Nate. If you tell me this story, I look at you and I say, you want me to be nice to you? You want me to kind of pacify the situation and just kind of rush over this? Be super sweet to you? Say, you want me to say something like this? Nate, the world is yours, brother. Just go out and grab it. Follow your instinct. If you love this girl and and you're happy without a piece of paper, then just live like that, man. It's about your happiness. It's about finding the ultimate goal of peace, and tranquility and euphoria, just relax, man. I mean, life doesn't have to be complicated, Nate. Just, just chill out. You want me to say that? You want me to say that, Nate? Or you want me to tell you what I really think? It's kind of a crossroads because, you know, I got a podcast, and I don't want to. I don't want to lose people. Like, I don't want you to listen to this and go, "Man, I'm not listening to that podcast anymore." But. Telling the truth is more important than losing a a few subscribers on the podcast. And so, since you're not here to answer, I would either not answer anything at all to you, or I would tell you the truth. And since you're not here to choose one of those options, I'll tell you the truth. Where Where do I even start? That's the question I have to myself. Your fiancé and you have been together for seven years, and you've been engaged for four years together for seven. You've been married twice before that. She's been married once before that. You've been treated horribly, as you said, bad luck, which I don't agree with bad. I I don't believe in bad luck. And then you say, You've been going to church and growing your faith, just kind of chopping away and just building. You're building on something, building, building on some on some faith. You take her niece and your daughter to church on a regular basis, and this this other girl says, "I ain't going to church. In fact, I don't want to get married to you. I don't think a piece of paper defines a relationship. So I'm staying home. You go to church if that whatever floats your boat, Nate. You do it." And now you're, you're being a little, con- you're convicted on the inside. And you're saying, I don't know if this is right. Because maybe I'm hearing a couple things in church that's saying a few things that's kind of contradicting the way I'm living right now. Now see, God gives us the law, and hopefully a good, a good Bible-believing church will tell you what the law is. And Jesus fulfills the law totally, completely. The law is not set for us to to put us in chains, to shackle us, to keep us in prison, to hold us back from having fun. The law is to set us free. The law is going to set us free. You're in violation right now of the law. You're living with a woman, having sex with this woman, without marriage, without anything. you're, You're just freely doing this over the last seven years and you've been engaged for four, which means nothing. Your engagement means nothing, Nate. Brother, I'm telling you this as a friend. Your your engagement is meaningless. Why? Because it's been four years and the woman doesn't want to marry you. Sorry, I'm trying not to yell. And the woman doesn't want to marry you, man. She says it herself. Yeah, cool, we're engaged. It means nothing to me. I don't want to marry you. How does, that, how does that make you feel, man? You're in violation of God's law. You're going against the church of, with the faith that you're growing. You've got a woman that you've been engaged with for four years that doesn't want to marry you, that comes from a bad relationship before, marriage before, and you've already gone through this. Tw- I don't want to yell. <laughs> Don't want to get. I try. I'm trying not to be so excited, y'all, on these podcasts. I feel like I get too excited. I'm try. I'm trying to tone it down. Nate, you've already been through two marriages that messed up, and it looks like you're heading down this path again by trying to force the hand of a woman that doesn't want to marry you, that doesn't want to go to church with you, and be a part of this thing that you got going on at church, right? And you're asking me for advice on what to do. What kind of friend would I be to tell you to stay with her and keep on pushing? Because you know why? She makes you happy. What kind of friend would I be to tell you that, man? This ain't gonna work. It's not gonna work, man. You're gonna have to leave this woman. And you're gonna have to say goodbye to the adopted niece And you're going to take your daughter, and you're going to be single for a while. And this little faith thing that you you think you're growing, which in fact, God gives us faith. It's a gift. Faith is a gift from God. So if you feel something, and you feel a tug to church, that is a gift from God. And you follow that, not because of your own effort, but because you're following the call in response to a God that still loves you through everything you've been through. And me, and everything I've been through, the God that still loves us through that, our response from that—not to gain His approval, but in a a response of His love—is to go, God, I'm pouring in, and I'm going to take this law seriously. I'm going to stop living with this woman in sin. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go back to square one. I'm going to be single with my daughter. And, And Nate, I've given you about nine minutes on this, and I'm sorry. If I've come across as harsh or anything like that, but I've tried to reel in my passion j- just wanting you to know that I care about you, man. I care about you. I don't I don't want you to have to live a life like this and have these tough decisions come up that actually are not tough decisions. It's not tough. Does that make sense? This is not a tough decision. You got to leave this woman. Start over. I'm not saying she's not the right one, but she's definitely not anywhere close to being right now. You need to be single, and you need to be content in that singleness, and you need to pour into the church, and you need to to figure out what this whole faith thing means. Wrestle with that. Let's grab another question here. Man, you guys just pour them on me, because this next subject is called Alcohol and the Bible. Hey guys, my name is Caleb I'm from Northwest Ohio-, Ohio. I'm 23. The last couple of days I've been diving into the Bible seeking what it says about alcohol. It says in Galatians 5:19 through 21 that drunkenness is an act of sinful nature. It says for in 1st Peter 5:8 to be alert and sober-minded and that the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Should Christians avoid alcohol if drinking if drinking it can lead to drunkenness? which is a sin, as stated in the Bible. Is having a beer every once in a while a sin. This is a hot topic. I've talked with, talked with people close to me about it, and I've gotten their opinions, and I've heard both sides. I appreciate you, brother. And I hope you can give me some clarification on this issue. Caleb, thanks for emailing, brother. Okay, so we're, we're man, we're going for marriage. <laughs> we're going for biblical marriage straight into alcohol. Good Podcast so far, okay. Um, there, there's a, there is a, there is a definite answer I could give you with blurry lines on the on each side of it, if that makes sense. Is drinking alcohol a sin? No, it's not. No, it's not. This this has been, um, as you said, a topic of debate for a long, long time, and um, a lot of churches have debated this over years. The consensus of the conservative evangelicals today is that drinking alcohol is not a sin. It's not a violation of the church in any way. In the conservative evangelical circles, there are other circles that are going to say, nope, you can't drink anything, nothing, right? However, as you mentioned, drunkenness is a sin. So where do you draw that line? That, my friend is left up to you. Is having a beer every once in a while a problem? No. For most people. Are you going to ask that question if you're an alcoholic? Hey, Granger, I'm an alcoholic. Is having a beer every once in a while a problem? Yes, it is. Right? It is. Is someone that never struggles with alcohol. It's not a problem. And they're not around other alcoholics that they could perhaps bring down, that they could perhaps trip up. If they're not around that and they've never had a problem, is having a glass of wine with your wife on a nice steak dinner to celebrate your anniversary a sin? No. Is having a beer with your dad on the back porch on the 4th of July, watching some fireworks? Maybe with your grandpa, sitting on the dock of a of a lake in beautiful Montana, trout fishing, and he says, you want to share a beer with me. Is that a sin? No. Is granddad an alcoholic and he's been struggling with this his whole life and there is there is devastation all around because of grandpa and he says, "You want to have a beer with me?" The answer is no. And you could be causing him to sin by saying yes. Is that making sense? It's a blurry line, but it's pretty easy to read. Like this is a pretty easy language to read. Right? You're not going to drink in order to possibly make someone fall if they're prone to falling to alcohol, and you're not going to touch it if you have a a some kind of desire to be an alcoholic, or maybe it's g- genetically in you, or maybe you have struggled with it in the past, uh, maybe you just have zero tolerance, then it's a problem. This is pretty straightforward stuff. I mean, we, we see the disciples drinking wine. Does that make sense? I I don't think, I don't think there's much more. Um, You want to ask me? You want to ask what I do? I don't drink, Um, at least right now. Uh, I'm around some guys. I'm around some musicians that it probably could look like I'm tripping people up. So I choose right now to not drink. Does that make sense? Let's move on. Next question. How to choose to continue doing something. Hey, Granger, I'm 15 years old. My name is Caleb, and I finished my first football season and I have, have enjoyed it, but there is so much time that is taken up. I need to know what to do. Last year, I missed out on a lot of things during the summer, and I wish I didn't. I feel like I'm not being pointed towards the direction anymore. What should I do? What is the question, Caleb? You're saying um, you played football. You finished it. You enjoyed it, but it took up a lot of time. That's what you're saying. So you're trying to figure out if you should, if you should do it again in uh, your 15. Well, I was 15 once in the state of Texas. Football was a big deal. It was a big deal. I loved it. If you don't love it, which you didn't say in this email, if you don't love it, then you finish the current season you're on. You never want to quit. You want to finish the race in the season, the current season you're in. You don't have to restart it next season, but I want you to finish and make sure that you're, that everything you're doing is for the right reason. Here's what I mean. I think football is a great thing for you to kick back in next season if it's, A, it's, if it's going to keep you out of trouble. It's going to keep you in shape. It's going to keep some camaraderie going with you and your buddies. It's going to give you a sense of... Um, a sense of suffering that you could overcome through pain of two a days. And then you, you, you overcome the pain and the, the physical discomfort as you train through it and you get better and you push your body past certain limits that you didn't think you could. That's what, that's what football is great about. Overcoming adversity, um, embracing competition, uh, loss, embracing loss, maybe devastating loss in a football game, um, and then understanding how to how to adapt to be the victor and being humble and having good sportsmanship. So everything I've named so far has nothing to do with the sport itself. It's just the involvement in that type of game. I think is very helpful for a student, uh, very helpful for a 15 year old kid. and it keeps you out of trouble. Um, it keeps you off the streets out, out of you know problems that you could have when you get bored. Um, It keeps you motivated. It gets you up early in the morning. There's a lot of good things. And so if you're going to say, I don't want to play next year, I want to hear your reasons. Like if we're in the cab of the truck having this conversation, Caleb, I want to hear what are your reasons? It's like, I just really like to sit on the couch and play video games, man. And I just haven't had time to catch up on Netflix. I just don't really get any YouTube scrolling in these days with football so busy. Or, I got this little girlfriend and I like her and she likes a lot of my attention. And when I'm at football, I don't get to give her all that attention. So I think I'm going to quit football to have more time. If that's your reason, I say, nope, Caleb, go back to football. Let's take a break. Podcast is brought to you all by Manscaped. I got some breaking news. Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right, all you bearded dudes. They are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match the carpet by going to Manscaped.com and using code GRANGER for 20% off and free shipping. Now I'll be honest, it's actually hard to try to find a product that could trim your beard efficiently, has a good battery life, is not too rough on your skin, and Manscaped just makes high quality products. I've been using this company for years and i cannot find anything equivalent i mean come on it's time to tame your mane no one likes a weird beard so say goodbye to all that stubble trouble with manscaped pro beard kit i mean it's just got so many ways of fixing faces it's got the cordless trimmer with a uh, rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths, all with one guard so you don't have to have a this drawer just full of guards laying everywhere That's right. Face grooming doesn't have to be hard. Get 20 different beard lengths and just one guard. It's waterproof. It's titanium. Really, really strong. Plus, your kit's going to come with a beard shampoo and conditioner, plus a beard oil. I mean, no one wants a guy whose beard is brittle and dry. The oil relieves dryness both on the beard and the skin underneath while adding a, a little shimmer and shine making you look extra fine. Cap off the kit with the Beard Balm. That's a pomade that shapes, styles, moisturizes, and tames that's very attractive to anyone. The Pro Beard Kit also comes with three free gifts, a beard brush, a comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. So, After all of that, get 20% off and free shipping with the code GRANGER at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped and use the code GRANGER, manscaped, beer hedger, one stroke, one guard, 20 links. Back to the podcast. Back to the podcast. If you have a question for me, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com if you want to get an answer that's correct 70% of the time. Maybe maybe 65. I'm probably right 65% of the time, depending on what circles you run in. Maybe 80, maybe, maybe 50. Oh, let's get to the first question. Subject line says, question, balancing women in a relationship with God. Hey, Granger, I'm a senior, soon to be college graduate. These past three weeks, I've been getting to know a girl at my school and we've met up a few times and she seems very interested in me. Coincidentally, during the same time frame, God has been working in me and in my life, allowing me to grow closer to Him than I've ever been. I'm struggling with determining whether I should keep pursuing this woman or if I'm trying to gratify some kind of secular desires. My intentions are in the right place, but I'm not sure if God wants me in a relationship right now. I find myself thinking about her often but i am working to place my focus on god and the purpose and direction he has given me any advice on how to balance here this is a is this temporal endeavor a temporal endeavor or a constituent of god's plan thanks jeremy all right jeremy let's dive into this brother thanks for emailing and uh congratulations on soon to be college graduate man that's that's huge news so congratulations and let's dive into your question. You said there is a girl you've been getting to know at school. You've met up a few times. She's interested in you. And you also uh, have been drawing near to God during this time. So this is this is not, when you're in this thing, it might seem tough, but from the outside looking, it's not hard. It's really not. But we tend to make these things pretty difficult when we're on this in the middle of it. We tend to dive in and overthink it. It's really pretty simple. In the pursuit of this girl, which, you know, God God is clear in the Bible that it is good for a man to leave the home, find a girl, and get married. It's good. It's a good thing. And I don't want us to start misreading the culture or misreading society and thinking that that's a bad thing. Like, boy finds girl, starts liking her. Bad. Like, like well, when, where do, how do we get there? It's the, most, it's the most natural thing since Adam and Eve. Boy finds girl, falls in love, gets married. It's not a bad thing. And it's got to it's start somewhere. To, in order to end up in marriage and family, it's got to start with, you kind of like this girl. You think she's kind of interested in you. That's where it starts. Nothing wrong. So you continue down this path, Jeremy, until you find some kind of red flag that's sin. Now, when 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 you're in the Bible and you're you're meditating on this daily in some kind of consistent reading plan, it's like I heard a question, um, a couple of questions ago on this podcast. I already forgot, but the, the, it was like. I'm searching through the Bible. This is the one about alcohol. I'm searching through the Bible to try to find something about alcohol. So, so many times we end up using the Bible like it's an encyclopedia or a dictionary. And we're like, we get this Bible and we're like flipping through like it's a dictionary, trying to find a word that we could look up and define it. When in reality, we need to take it in its whole context and we need to become familiar with it in a way that we could understand the mind of God the best that a human can. We could understand the personality of God the best that a human can. And you could start, you could under, start understanding who He is as revealed in the Scriptures. And you could start understanding these different scenarios that we walk through as He is revealed as your Creator. So anyway, my point is you, you won't you don't want to open your Bible and just go, what does it say about boy likes girl? You know? You want to wanna read through and get a picture, a big, beautiful picture of who God is and who his people are and how he redeemed that people and the process of how he redeemed them and renewed them and restored them and ransomed them and freed them. Right? And so As we read through that, we see the relationships that we have with each other as humans, as fellow believers. We see that relationship. And then within that, we see the relationship that boy has with girl. And so we see that it's a good thing. It's a good thing made by God for us to be in a relationship. It's a good thing to be attracted to a girl. It's a good thing for her to be interested in you back. So you take that and you walk that path until you go, boom, there's sin. I'm in sin. What could that be? A million things. (laughs) Jeremy, it could be a million things. One could be it's giving you a sense of apathy towards the church. It's like when I'm with this girl, I don't care about church. I don't care about God. I don't care about Bible. It's creating apathy in me that I just don't care anymore. I'm just too focused on worshiping the girl. She has become an idol to me. Then you could realize in your heart, like, whoa, too far. That's a problem. Is it me, or is it her, or is it both? I should I should fix this. Or does she draw you closer? That happens. Or are you so wildly obsessed with her that you, you have to have sex with her right now? Then you're in lust with her. You either, at that point, you either get married... <laughs> and fix it that way, or you realize, hey, i got to pump the brakes. I have a problem right here, okay? Um, that, that's two examples of a million. But you walk this path until you realize there's a sin there, or this is a, this feels very godly in what it is, okay? Don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. There's nothing wrong with you graduating college, falling in love with the girl, and falling in love with God all at the same time. It's a beautiful thing. There's nothing wrong with that. Man, this next, you guys, you guys and your questions. Here's the next one. (laughs) I love it, by the way. Here's the next one. Subject line says, where's the godly men? You guys put me to the test. You know that you put me to the test every Monday. Hey, Granger, first off, thank you for sharing the gospel and shining some light in this dark world that we live in. I could truly see God working through you. Please don't ever stop sharing. My name is Casey. I'm 20 years old. I'm a believer who has never been asked out or pursued by a man. I trust God's timing, but it's getting very discouraging nowadays trying to find someone who will chase God with me. Any advice on staying positive during this season? Love the podcast. God bless. Casey, thank you for emailing. I don't have an easy answer. I wish I had an easy fix for you. Some of these questions have been easy, but um, for you, I would say a couple things. I'd say one, you're 20. That's so young. There's no need to rush this. I know it might feel like it because you look on Instagram and you, you see all these people happy and they're getting married and they're just, oh, they're just so beautiful and you don't have it. And you've never had it. Just wish that one guy would ask you out, and you long for it, and so that that just perpetuates that you watch social media and you just scroll through and you go, "There's another one." Oh, look, she's got a beautiful ring on her left hand too. Now oh, look, there's another one from high school. She's gone now. What a cool guy! He makes a lot of money. But then there's old me. I just, I don't know what the future holds for me. I wish somebody would love me. I wish somebody would be there and ask me out and buy me roses on Valentine's Day. And it becomes almost an illness to walk that path in your mind. In case you go down that road and you just go further and further down, it's harder to come back. But where I would go with this is that you? You say you're a believer, right? What does that mean? What does it mean to be a believer? It means the Bible says you have been ransomed. Do you know what that means? That means that once you were a prisoner, that once, once you were. You were imprisoned and you had no way out. In fact, the Bible says you were dead in your trespasses, right? Dead and you were ransomed by what? By the most precious resource in the universe, the blood of the son of God sacrificed for you to be ransomed from your imprisonment to serve him for his glory. That's what it means to be a believer. That's what it means. Have you thought about it in that, in that way? You've thought about what that means for you? that you are once dead? now alive, once blind, and now you see? That's what it says about the prodigal son in those exact words. You are ransomed by the blood of the Son of God for his possession to have his complete inheritance. Once poor, once without everything, suddenly ransomed into the kingdom with full inheritance full possession of everything the king has is yours. And in that, could you, knowing that, fully believing that as a believer, could you at that point say, I just don't know. I'm so discouraged that I might never find anybody. Listen, I know there's irony in saying that. I know I understand what you're saying because I'm human too. But I'm just saying, what if we truly believed, if, if we truly understood what it means to be a believer ransomed, once dead, once in prison, forever ransomed by a king who gave us a full inheritance, ransomed by what cost? By the blood of the Son of God. What if we truly wrapped our brains around what that means? I think it would just set us free. And we would stop asking things like, when are you going to give me someone, God? And we would say, God, how can I serve you? I just want to serve you. I just want to love you. I just want to pursue you. If you provide me with good gifts, thank you. I will take them. If you provide me with a man, thank you. If you don't, thank you. I will serve you anyway. What if we could wrap our brains around that kind of mentality? And I know it's hard. But how do you get there? How do you get to be able to say something like that? You've got to go back to the cross itself, where the blood dropped. That's where it happened. So you take all this burden and all this, these questions, you just put them right there at the foot of the cross. And you say, here, here it is. This is the place. This is the place the blood fell, the blood of my Savior, the blood of my King who ransomed me out of the prison, out of death. What if we really wrapped our heads around that? I don't, I don't, I could answer this question a million ways, but that is the only one that is true. I've mentioned so, I've mentioned several times that I'm about 65% right on this whole podcast. That question is 100% truth. hmm let's go to another question here. Subject line, being best friends with a girl at 14. Hey, Mr. Smith. I love your podcast. I'm 14. My name is Stephen, pronounced Stephen. I'm from Pennsylvania. My question is how to stay friends with a girl without becoming so close that we almost look like we are dating and how to deal with assumptions about liking a girl. I'm not allowed to date until 18. Thank you. All right, buddy. 14 years old. Your question is how to stay friends with a girl without being so close that's Steven, you're asking the impossible. I've I've kind of I've walked this path on this podcast, and people will argue me and they'll get so upset with me, and they'll give me examples of how I'm wrong, and maybe I am 35% of the time, but people will give me examples of of how this has worked. And I promise you guys, I have run through this down in my mind. If I'm wrong, you could certainly tell me and I will certainly always be open for new teaching. But guys and girls cannot be close besties. Guys and girls cannot be best friends. Without, see, I'm going to finish this. Without one of the two, at least, starting to have more feelings than just friends. Starting to feel like there's something more to this relationship than just friends. If you say, no way, then you could be on the other side of the relationship. You could be the other one that doesn't have feelings. But if there's some kind of chemistry, enough to make two best friends, then one of them is going to, at some point, it might take years, it might take minutes is going to say, if that person ever asked me if there's more to it than just friends, I would say yes in a heartbeat because I'm connected. My heart is connected with this person. But I might not ever admit it in the public because it would be embarrassing. Or, as many people say, it might ruin what we have. And I don't want to ruin this friendship, so I'm never going to say anything. But then it just exists like this. It just doesn't work This has been proven over thousands of years. It just doesn't work. You can't be best friends with someone in the opposite sex without one of you having a feeling at some point, without somebody at some point saying, what if? What if we were more than friends? So to answer your question, how to stay friends with a girl without becoming so close we almost look like we're dating? You can't. You can't. Let's grab one more here, okay? I'm gonna scroll down. I'm gonna go boom. Here it is. Subject line blind sighting news. Granger, my name's E, 24 years old. I emailed before, but situations have changed. I don't know what, what to think from here. My boyfriend of one and a half years, dating one and a half years, of trying to prior, broke up with me this past June due to feeling like the efforts I put into the the relationship weren't reciprocated and no initiated effort from him to make me feel loved and appreciated. However, he's my best friend through and through. Neither of us experienced a connection that we share. Through many times, he reached out to me apologizing, saying he'd wait for me to give us a try. We'd started easing back into things since then. I told him I wanted to take it slow, but being October and we were still aren't dating, but basically doing all the same things that a couple would do. And I brought this up to him before I'm reading like this on purpose because this is what this email looks like to me. I brought this up to him, but he says that he doesn't want to rush me. Recently, I found out he enlisted into the military without telling me, and he didn't plan on telling me anytime soon. He told me in a public setting around a bunch of people. I was blindsided, but still encouraged him to follow his dream. Am I wrong for being so upset over this? I feel lied to and betrayed because this decision ultimately affects me too. We talked about starting our lives together here within a year, and and now this. Any advice would be welcome. Thank you. Oh, man. E. I'm exhausted by just reading this email. Um, let me tell you something. Everything in your email is about you. It's just not about a love that you have for him that's grounded in anything substantial. Your love that you have for him, is grounded in the desire to be pleased by him, the desire for him to fulfill your dreams and what it means to be married. Your love is perpetuated by the desire for him to fulfill a fantasy that you've always had for someone that you love. This is Cinderella, and and he is your prince. And if he does not meet the standards of your prince that you have built in your mind, you will revolt and you will cut him off. That is not love. I'm exhausted by this email. I appreciate you emailing me. And I want to give you the best advice I can. And it would be doing a disservice to you for me to say, absolutely, E, E. He should have told you about joining the military. How dare he to take you down this road of life and not tell you about this? That is just wrong, and you're right to be upset. I would be a bad friend to tell you that. Instead, I'm going to say, this is exhausting. It's just about you, 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 pleasing you. You know, that's just not what love is. I don't know this guy. I don't know if he's right for you. I don't know if he's right for your future at all. But I do know if he's joining the military and you're mad about it, when in fact you should be happy for him, that's an indication that this is not going to work. So with that kind of data, with those data points that I have, the limited number of data points I have, I say, move on. It's time to break up. Uh, it's time to move on, and it's time to start putting yourself second. Oh, that's so hard to do. Stop putting yourself ahead of everybody you're dating and all your friends so that they can meet your desires. That is battling the flesh every day. I have to do it. I have to do that. I think everyone listening has to do it because we're humans. We battle ourselves. We battle our, our own desires. We try to put ourselves ahead of everything, and it just doesn't work that way. You are a bull in a china closet right now. You're just breaking everything in your overall desire to please yourself, and everyone in your kingdom needs to please you. And it just ends up hurting everybody. And I'm sorry if that message hurts you. I'm just trying to be honest the best that I can. Sometimes it ends up being about 65% of the time. I love you guys.
1: any disease. Right Rug Flooring.